You know, my aunt always talks about, because my mom is the oldest of seven, and there's five girls, and they're all very attractive. And when my aunt met her husband of like 40 years now, she was like nervous to introduce him to her sisters because oh, all of her boyfriends had always, when they met her sisters would be like, wow, your sisters are so pretty. And so it's like the first time we met them, like afterwards she was nervous and she was a little upset. And she was like, did you like, what do you think of my sisters? Did you think they were pretty? And he was like, they look like goats. <laughs> <laughs> And that was when she knew. (laughs) Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. Listener question for the week. This has a little bit to do with last week's episode, which was mainly around being less judgmental, showing up differently on your dates, making sure you're present in the moment, acting like a grown up, giving the other person a chance. We asked our Instagram viewers slash listeners, and if you aren't one, you should be one, not your therapist podcast on Instagram. uh, What do you find you are most judgy about when you go on a date. And we got a bunch of different responses, a couple that stuck out to me, and I answered them briefly, but I'd like to go into more detail. One was if I get bored, if I'm getting bored. And I just think if you're getting bored, then you're probably being boring. So if you're bored, ask yourself what you can do. Don't put it on the other person, but ask yourself what you can do to make it more fun or interesting for yourself. I've talked about this a lot, but There's nothing wrong with pulling out some random questions, having some sort in your back pocket, deciding to play a game, whether it's sketching on a napkin or doing something stupid or making sure you go to a bar that has board games or something like that. Anything that you can do, ask yourself, what would I do if I was with a friend and I started feeling bored? I would want to change the situation, right? I'd want to do them a favor, help them out, shake things up, be silly, be fun. You don't have to behave a certain way because you're on a date. You don't have to be like polite first date behavior. You can be like, hey, do you want to switch bars? Or like, I don't know, I find myself getting a little restless. Maybe it's because I like worked all day, but let's, let's go for a walk. Something to shake it up, change your body language, get into a different position position, whether physically or mentally, because the thing is, this kind of goes back to giving the person you're with the benefit of the doubt. And the way that you do that, if it's not happening naturally, which it doesn't for a lot of us, is by deciding they already have a crush on you, or if they don't, you're going to make them. We all like people better when we feel like they like us. So if you're finding yourself judging them, you're probably judging yourself. You're probably going, I've been rejected before. I was just ghosted by that guy I really liked last week. Girls hate me. I don't like this. I'm bad at first dates. Can we just get to the part where we sit on the couch and snuggle? All that. You have all these judgments going on in your head all the time. Decide that the person you're sitting across from already has a crush on you. They are obsessed with you. They are smart enough to like you. It will immediately make you like them. I remember, well, I shouldn't say I remember because it's still true. I assume that everyone's obsessed with me all the time. If someone doesn't pay attention to me, I assume it's because they're so obsessed with me that they're intimidated by me. And this may sound cocky, and it is, but it helps me get in the frame of mind of already liking people when I go on an interview, a date, whatever it is. They're already obsessed with you. They are on the date. They are choosing to be there. They already like you. You don't have to start judging yourself and assuming they don't like you, which in turn will make you judge them and not give them the benefit of the doubt. So decide they like you, decide they're into you, and then decide to help them out with their with their crush. Like if they seem like they're having a hard time, make it easier for them. If you're bored, make it easier for them. Help them to make you not be so bored. Take the 
burden off of them to make your experience better because just assume they're so nervous from how obsessed they are with you that they need your help. Help them out. If you are bored, turn it around and make yourself unbored. Not by playing games in your head and looking around at the bar for who else you'd want to sleep with. Although if you want to hang out after, like I'm never going to judge you for that. But what favor can you do for them? If they seem lost, if they seem nervous, if they're struggling, if they're boring. Hey, you seem nervous. Let's talk about something you've never talked about on a date before. Tell me a story you've never told anyone before. What's your favorite story from your childhood? Tell me something about your brother. Like get into it with them. Act like they're your close friend. Throw them a bone. Do them a favor. Stop judging yourself. Stop judging them. Everybody open up, have fun, play a game, be silly, be playful, and assume they're obsessed with you. I am here with a wonderful lady who I'm going to call Layla. That's all you need to know. She is in Chicago. She has actually been a dear friend of mine since we were 12 years old. That's right. 12. And maybe 11 even. Whatever. We were in sixth grade when you came into my life and changed it forever. Um, And we don't actually talk that often, being busy women that we are on different time zones, But when we do talk, it's always super meaningful and wonderful. And we pick up right where we left off as if we never left sixth grade. Um, And let's see, when's the last time I saw you? You were here like last summer, I think. You know what? I it was two winters ago that I came out. Was it really? But you came in town for another childhood friend's wedding last Memorial Day. I think it was a year ago. I feel like it was two years ago. Was that two years ago? Yeah. Okay. Time flies when you get old. That's very true. (laughs) (laughs) But we know the bond stays strong and we love each other. I love you and I think about you often and I listen to your amazing podcast. Thank you so much. So Layla here is going through some romantic stuff, which I'm actually really excited to talk about and hear about because a lot of the times when I talk to you, I feel like you're not going through romantic stuff because you're like very focused on your career. You're a super amazing teacher and you work really hard and you're working all the time. And I feel like you give other people so much love and your family and your niece and nephew and everyone gets so much love for you, but you very rarely focus on yourself and your own romantic life. And so I was happy when I, I don't even remember how we started talking about this, but you told me basically that you have some stuff going on and you were ready to talk about it. And that is always music to my ears, especially from people that I love. Yeah. I mean, you've always been my biggest cheerleader with the romance department. I you know, was really closed off for a number of years. I think I definitely just, um, you know, I couldn't handle the rejection. I was really getting a lot, you know, a lot of relationships that just weren't working out Mm -hmm. and, um, people I felt strong connections with and they weren't going the way I wanted them to. And it was kind of easier to be numb for a while and just, focus on my work and the things I could control and, um, you know, which is good to an extent, but I think there was a long period of time where I just kind of turned off, um, the dating switch and, and now I'm back in it. 
Well, and that's such a self-aware thing for you to say of because so many people will be like, I'm just too busy or like I'm focused on my career. My career is really important to me. And like, that's valid. But I love that you say, you know, that you were also avoiding because you had been rejected or hurt in the past. And it's just so much easier to kind of choose not to go there again and to put those walls up and to keep yourself safe from rejection and instead be able to say, well, I'm not really trying. Therefore, no one can reject me, you know, and I think a lot of people when they've been rejected a couple times will try and and we've all been rejected many times. So but I think people, you know, after a few times, will try and get out in front of it, either by not dating at all, or by rejecting people before they can reject them. Like they'll go on a date with a really nice person and be like, No, I didn't like the way he scratched his nose in the middle of a sentence. That's exactly what I did. So there was a long period of time where I just stopped dating, like about a year and a half, I didn't go on any dates. I didn't go on any apps. Um, and then there was a period where I was more open to dating people and I was trying to not be picky, but Mm -hmm. when I would go out and there wasn't that immediate spark or chemistry, I was immediately turned off. No, it's not going to grow. I know it's not going to grow. That's it. I kind of remember this side of you from even like high school, like you would set your sights on a person who was this kind of unattainable dream boat crush whatever I don't remember exactly who they were and then other people would be interested or there would be the possibility of other people and you were just kind of fixated on certain people who not to say that they that you couldn't get them but just for whatever reason were unavailable unattainable you loved the fantasy and you didn't really want one guy this is an early pattern for me I mean I've started to realize that I have patterns um, of how I've related with men for since I was a teenager since I started dating. Um, and there was this guy in college, um, Pete, who loved me. I mean, he was, he was, he wanted to be my friend. He wanted to be around me. He wanted to date me. Um, and I kept him at arm's length and I would not let him, um, be my boyfriend. I would not let him be with me because he was not the physical, ideal of what I had in my mind. And I went after looks for a long time. And I think I still do to some extent and I'm still working on it. Obviously that's what we're going to chat, like talk about a little bit more of what's happening. But, you know, looking back, I'm like, wow, Pete was a really nice guy. And I used to tell my friends that like, if I ended up murdered, it would probably be Pete because he was so (laughs) obsessed with me. But like, like, he actually just loved me. Like, I, I mean, it really wasn't stalker crazy. He just wanted to know me and he wanted to be around me. And I was only interested in these unavailable guys, these emotionally unavailable men. And I finally at 35 years old have realized that that's because I was unemotionally, I was emotionally unavailable myself. Looking for validation from if someone else hot and want it, you know, everyone else wanted the stereotypical hot guy. If everybody else, you know, saw me with that guy, then I would feel better about myself, that I would love Mm. myself. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, especially, I mean, I do think especially now, maybe it's even gotten harder for people that people almost like the first, it's like how people used to plan their weddings or write their name with the last name of someone. It's like, people are like, what is this person going to look like on my social media? Uh-huh. <laughs> of like, I want my friends to think I'm with someone successful or hot. I think with you too, there's a little bit of if someone does love you or 
treats you the way you deserve or wants to treat you the way you deserve. You have a little bit of the classic, like anyone who wants me, there must be something wrong with them. I don't want to be part of a club that someone else wants me to be in. Like you want the people who don't want you. One, because it's easier because you never actually have to deal with being with them and getting to know them as a person or you them getting to know you. But then also because you, for a while, I think didn't value yourself. And I know you've done like a lot of work in therapy and on yourself and in your time of not dating to value yourself and realize that someone being into you doesn't mean there's something wrong with them. It means there's something right with them. Yeah. And it's still something I work on daily. Like I am working on my self-talk to myself, my, my, you know, my beliefs and my head about myself and, you know, where that came from. I don't, you know, we can talk about childhood. We can talk about, you know, family of origin relationships. We can talk about Disney movies and whatever, and the media and the ideal body image and how I feel like I don't have that and how that maybe I don't deserve love then. Um, there's a lot of stuff, but I'm really working on reframing those beliefs and those thoughts in my head because I know that ultimately I'm missing out on what I want in life, which is I want a partner and I want a family and I want children. And, you know, I'm glad it's not, I didn't figure this out at 60 and I'm glad I'm figuring this out now, but it, it definitely took me longer than I think the average. I mean, I think everyone, you know, you've figured out plenty of things that other people haven't figured out. And we all figure out different things at different times. And this kind of had to be your journey. Like I, I talk to a lot of people who are like, well, I just don't want to get hurt again. Or like, I don't want to get rejected again. Or, or now that I've had that bad experience, I'm going to have an eye out for those red flags. And I'm like, that's nice. But like, you will be hurt again. And also like those bad experiences, we all have to go through them a certain amount, some people more than others, before we can appreciate a nice person who understands our worth and who deserves us. We kind of have to have those like high guy chasing like unavailable all that so that when we get to I don't think 35 is that late to figure this out honestly you know that when we get to the right age or the right time we've done enough work on ourselves we can appreciate now someone who treats us well yeah and you know I never really let anyone love me before you know I let my friends love me I have so many friends and wonderful friendships and my family um, but I never really let any, anyone love me before. And it's, you know, it's something I want and it's something that I'm working on now. Would you say you have been in love? I think I have been in love. Um, but I'm learning that it's probably been lust. Mm. So my friend, uh, was telling me that when she was 16, her, dad sat her down and she was hysterically crying about a boyfriend or whatever. And her dad said, this is not love. This is lust. You are in lust. And not that you can't feel love at 16, but, um, I've been learning that that dysfunctional, um, high that I've had with men that, that I need you. I want you. I'm physically attracted. We're so physically attracted to each other that look across the room stare at them and like you're instantaneously in love with them. Um, Think about them all the time. If they call you, you're on a high, high. If they don't call you, you're on a low, low. I've learned that that's not love. Yes. If that's what, that's what I considered the experiences I've had um, to be my version of love. But in terms of sustainable everyday love, I don't think I've ever had that with a man. Yeah. Consistent, normal, 
I'm not going to say boring, but I'm going to say like steady love that at first you're like, but where's the high highs and the low lows? Where's the roller coaster? This can't be real. And that is because of a lot of messaging we get when we're kids, whatever kind of household you grew up in. Also, like you said, Disney movies, sitcoms, rom-coms. We're like, if it isn't a freaking everyday roller coaster of will they or won't they, it must not be real. Like, what do you mean he just likes me and I like him and that's it? And I, I even experienced that, not so much anymore, but I'd say in the first six to nine months of my relationship where I was like, okay, but when's it going to get like crazy? Like, when are we going to fight? Like, I know, because it can't just be like this. Like one day he's just going to turn into like a crazy person or like we're going to have a blowout. And honestly, we never have. And Even if you do argue, it probably won't be that. It won't be that extreme of like that crazy, I'm going to break up with myself. You know, I feel like dying. I want to crawl in the corner of my bathroom crying right which is fun which is totally fun lots of good love songs come out of that and like also just a little more background on you like you are a creative you you have been a performer you're a very creative teacher so like there is something that feeds kind of our artistic soul too about those major high highs and low lows and the my whole day will change if I get a text and if I don't like I'm going to die and there's something so fun about that and it makes us feel young and exciting. And I think because I'm an empath too, and you are for sure too, Dahlia, like I absorb energy from other people and technology and whatever. I I feel that energy. And for me, it was like, I was taking my cues on how to feel from those relationships Mm -hmm. instead of just having my own feelings. I know that Mm -hmm. sounds crazy, but it's like, so my emotions were dictated by other people and how I was feeling was dictated by those relationships. And so now I'm trying to be like, wait, you just need to love yourself on your own. And I know this kind of all sounds like, um, you know, general, but I think it's really because, um, you know, I, I've just done a lot of work lately, like in therapy on, and, and I don't know why it clicked now at this point in my life and it hadn't clicked before because I'd been in therapy when I was younger too. Um, I think I've just done a lot of work on that no matter what, even if I was in a relationship, like that relationship isn't going to make me happy. Like I have to make myself happy. Right, and, right. and so it's kind of just, yeah. And so I am dating. I start, well, I started dating this guy and he is just like you said at the beginning of your relationship, like I keep waiting for (laughs) some drama to happen. He doesn't play any games. Like there's absolutely no games. (laughs) He has like what's exactly on his mind. He calls me out if I'm being like vague or passive aggressive and is like, wait, what do you mean by that? I'm sorry. I'm confused. Like I'm over the, and I'm like, who are you? I've never met someone like this before. Wait. So can you give us a little more background? So I want to, I want to back up a little and just clarify a couple things. As far as I know, you've never been in like a long-term committed monogamous boyfriend girlfriend situation no and I want to also point out that you're in Chicago which just because I get a lot of like New York's the hardest place today LA's the hardest place today and I'm like everywhere's hard and everywhere doesn't have to be hard so in my opinion New York and LA are much easier to date than Chicago because in Chicago um everyone gets married young you know not right out of college but like around 26 28 most people got married and then we had another batch around like 32 
but almost every one of my friends is married and has small children. So I almost feel like it's harder to date in Chicago because people do settle down so quickly and they kind of date people they went to college with and then Mm -hmm. they marry them. And so the single pool is a lot of people who are broken. (laughs) (laughs) You are not broken, but at the same time, everyone is broken. And also maybe this just means, you know, also you get a lot of people who have been married once and tried it once already. And then they've learned about themselves and what they need and they're ready for their second marriage. I think I'm approaching that that point where there's yeah. like divorces are happening, right. which I'm not opposed to, but I feel like there's more people who just, yeah, who didn't really get it right at first and are kind of all just still, you know, just figuring it out. But well, but that's what you're saying of like saying, you know, it took me a lot longer than everyone else. Like some people, they don't figure it out either, but they managed to like get into a relationship doesn't mean it's a healthy one doesn't mean they should be in that relationship I think you should feel really good about where you are especially because like you didn't go okay everyone's done and taken and I'm just gonna give up like you went I'm gonna take myself off for a bit and like work on my own shit and make sure I'm in a good place and now you're coming back with like a really fresh perspective it seems Yeah. And I think too, just to give some background, like I've been on about a million first dates. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like the queen of first dates. So yeah, I haven't really had, um, you know, like these long-term serious committed relationships, but I've been on so many dates and, um, then the relationships I have had, and you can't see me doing air quotes, but I put relationships in air quotes because, um, there, I mean, I have about four situations that are very identical. Like they are all identical and they are men who, um, kind of needed me as like their therapist and they felt better with me around them. And they, you know, it was a little bit codependent. It was kind of like, they didn't know how they were going to get through what they were going through without me. And then when they felt healed, they were kind of done with me. And then they moved on to relationships with other women. And so it was kind of these, you know, uh, I gave everything emotionally to the relationship. These people never really got to know me. I never really let them know the real me. Well, and I know too, that that's a role that you are somewhat comfortable in as like, you know, with your family, with your niece and nephew, with your um, animals with your mom. Like you've always been a caretaker, a nurturer, you're a teacher, like, and so that's a very easy role for you to fall into. And that is how you start to become the mother. And then when they don't need their mom anymore, they move on to someone who needs them. You know what I mean? Yeah, and if you weren't that. letting them in because you weren't and you were trying to be unavailable, just be like, I got this. Let me take care of you. Then there's nothing for them there once they don't need you anymore because you don't need them. A big lesson I learned too is like they were the messed up ones in those relationships and I was like the one who had it all together or so seemingly so. And I realized that nobody wants to be with that person. Nobody wants to be with someone who seems like they have it all together. I know that Mm. sounds crazy, but like you want to be with someone who is flawed too. So you don't feel as bad about yourself. And so I never really showed my flaws. And so 
flaws can actually be kind of attractive. 100%. Part of why we're in relationships is because we like feeling needed. We like feeling you can see my flaws and I can see yours and we're here for each other to support each other through that. Yeah, no one wants to be with a perfect person or a person who they don't think needs them at all. And so I will get, you know, female clients primarily who will be like, well, I'm intimidating to guys because I have my shit together. And I'm like, it's not that you have your shit together. It's that you won't open up and be a human being and they feel like there's no need for them. Like, not that we have to need our men because we don't, we can function without them, but we have to let them care for us the way that we want to care for them. It feels good to care for someone. And if we don't give someone that, they have no reason to be there. And just us being like, let me do things for you ultimately becomes unattractive because we're mothering them and nobody wants that. Right. It's so true. And I hate to say it, but my mom did give me that advice in more of a backwards, older generation kind of way. But she was like, men want to be needed. Like you can't be, not that you can't be so, you hear me, you know, roar woman, hear me roar kind of thing. But like they do, you need to show that like, yes, I can do shit on my own. I don't need a man. I've been single like my whole life. I'm doing everything on my own. But like, you need to let someone in and be vulnerable sometimes. Or saying, I'm sad. I'm scared. I felt this way when you did this or whatever it is to show like, it's not like I'm fine. I don't care. I can handle myself. Like I think girls have this misconception that that's what men want is like a woman is the cool chick who like never gets upset and never has problems and can do everything. And it's like they want to feel like they're needed in your life. And that awakens kind of their male biological instinct of nurturer. And then they're attracted to the person who awakens that. And that's why often you see them with a girl that you're like, well, but she can't even support herself. Why does he want her or whatever? And it's like because he feels needed and we don't have to play helpless damsel in distress, but we do like, yes, I can change the light bulb, but it's going to feel better if I ask him to do it and he does it and then he gets to feel like puffed up, you know, and I'm like, cool, like that didn't hurt me at all. Yeah. And also that's funny you say that because I feel like the whole crazy girlfriend thing, I've got, I've gotten called crazy, you know, by numerous unavailable men that I've dated when I've been needy, but that's often because I've suppressed everything until it blew up into then I became crazy. And I would say all the things that had been on my mind for like a year instead of throughout the year speaking up on the needs I had, like having those little moments of crazy rather than one gigantic moment of crazy. And it's like, guys do want you to say, call them out on the shit they did wrong. Like no one's perfect. And say, like, I didn't like it when you said this, I didn't, you know, but I would always want to be the cool girlfriend or like the cool girl, like, oh, I'm chill. I don't care. Like you can do you blah, 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 you know, which ultimately blows up in your face. And because if you're not saying anything at all, like if you're just taking their bad behavior and not asking for anything, they know deep down that something is wrong and you're not saying it. They know somewhere in their souls. So they're going around on eggshells, which also isn't a good feeling. Whereas the person who's willing to speak up when something is wrong or when they need something, the guy can then relax because he can be rest assured. Like if something's wrong, she's going to tell me. Not like she's saying everything's fine. She's saying everything's fine. And then after a year, she explodes on me and I'm going to call her crazy. But if you're constantly just being like, I'm a person and this is what I need as a person, they're like, cool. She tells me when she needs something. So I don't have to worry that there's something she's not telling me all the time and it's just going to blow up in my face one day. Yeah, that's it. I mean, 100%. Yeah. So you had four of these not so great situations where they ended up not giving you what you needed and maybe you exploded at the end and then it went sour after you were done being their mother 
I mean, honestly, it didn't ever end that cleanly, though. I wish it ended that cleanly. It was more, <laughs> it was more me going back and forth. Uh, I would become the fallback girl. It was I was the one who, you know, was there when they were lonely or, you know, didn't have a female attention or needed sex or whatever. So it was kind of a shitty place to be in, and it really took a hit to my self-esteem for sure. And, and the whole time you're thinking, well, if I'm just cool enough, if I'm there when they need me, if I don't complain or if I'm, you know, I don't have a problem with it, they'll change your mind because they'll see how great I am. And it's like, no, they see that you don't value yourself. They know it's going to blow up in their face at some point. They don't feel needed, and it's just not interesting to them. And I I have clients like that too who are very career-oriented, very like have their shit together, refuse to show any imperfection in the beginning and then get so mad that they're not being treated how they want to be treated that then they explode and they ruin any chance of a relationship where they could have just been honest. You want to speak up for your needs, but you also, if you're not getting what you need after speaking up for them, you have to have the strength to be able to like put your foot down and walk away. And that was where I really failed because I would go back and go back and I would end things and say it. I would say, this is over. I don't want to be this person anymore. And then I would cave often. It wasn't them usually reaching out to me. It was Mm. me uh, months later being lonely and reaching out to them again and, and starting the cycle all over again. How great that you can see this now with this like clarity. Yeah. I, you know, I say that knowledge is one part of growth and I think I have a lot of self-knowledge and I think I have a lot of, like you said, self-awareness, but change is actually the hard thing. So it's funny because you can know, I I mean, I'm, like you said, I'm an educated person. I'm finishing my second master's. I, I, you know, have a lot of friends in this coaching field, Mm -hmm. like coaching therapists, psychologists. So I'm kind of surrounded by a lot of, um, you know, jargon and whatnot in mumbo jumbo and I can say it, but it's one thing to believe it and actually practice it because being uncomfortable and being lonely and being not enough is really hard and it's really sad. And so it's not easy. I'm not going to like lie to anyone listening to you that like, oh, I know all this shit. So I'm never going to do it again. Yeah. We're all going to do it again. Right. I did it last week. Great. Good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sometimes it does take one last, you know, swan song, little cry for self-destruction, little throwing the grenade. And then you're like, okay, maybe that was the last time I needed to do that. But sometimes it takes more than that. How did that go? Oh, it's not good. That's a whole crazy situation. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I reached out to the most recent guy that I was a fallback girl to, and he kind of presented himself from day one as someone who never wanted to commit. He never wanted children. He doesn't want a really, a long-term relationship. And you know what? I, I pictured that in my mind and I was like, okay, like, you know, he's just a player. He's just going to be with a lot of girls. He's never going to commit. And um, sure enough, you know, we hooked up a couple weeks ago and then I found out that he has a girlfriend. He was just kind of acting weird through text and stuff. And I said, are you dating someone because you're being, you know, weird, distant? And he said, you know, he replied later, like, well, I'm kind of seeing someone. Well, that sparked my uh, stalker, you know, Nate, (laughs) into a a deep dive into social media. (laughs) Oh, man, that sounds fun. Good. Yeah. And I found, um, so I found 
his girlfriend and it's very serious and she has children from a previous relationship and he's playing with them and, you know, having a great time. And, you know, his mom's at her kids' birthday parties and she threw him a surprise party and there's just, you know, lots of stuff. So I realized, wow, you know what? It's not that he didn't want a relationship at all. He didn't want a relationship with me. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was pretty upsetting, but I think it was kind of the closure that I needed because I feel like if I kept him in my head as this person who was always unavailable to any woman, I would keep going back to him trying to get him to see me as his one and only his soulmate, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I finally realized, you know what? he does want someone and he doesn't want me now granted he did cheat on that girl. yeah he cheated on her so I would say even if he wants someone he's not particularly good at having someone right right but I mean yeah it was so I'm not saying that I'm like totally healthy and healed but it's definitely you know better and I'm I've been talking around the same time I reconnected with um a friend of mine, a family friend reached out to me on Facebook and, um, he is my, I don't know if I want to say that, but I guess I will. He's my aunt's next door neighbor. Oh my God. I love this. Yeah. And I knew him since I was little, like we used to play with him. Um, when I would go visit my aunt and uncle and hang out with him, like when we were children. And it was funny because we hadn't really seen each other in many years. I was kind of out of nowhere. He was my, yeah, he's my aunt's next door neighbor. And um, we played with him. My sister and I played with him when we were little. Is he older, younger? He is younger. And he's, he's about seven years younger, actually. He's 28. I love this. (laughs) And so I honestly never had him on my radar because... He's seven years younger, and I just never so thought about him. So when you played with him as kids, it was like you were 10 and he was three, basically. That's exactly okay, right. Like my great. sister and I would like babysit him and like, you know, do like coloring stuff with him. And like he claims to this, it's been three weeks now that we've been dating. And he he claims that it was not a move or a strategy or a pickup line, but he wrote me a Facebook message and he said something like, hey, did you get my text? Like, LOL clearly not for me because we hadn't talked in like many years. And so I wrote, nope. He was like, Oh my bad. I'm so sorry. I totally thought that was a pickup line. That's a pickup line. That's a genius pickup line. That's like, I was at an event last night and I was by myself, didn't know anyone. And I walked up to a woman was like, have I met you before? I knew I had not met her before, but like there was no other way. And she was like, um, maybe downtown. And I was like, no, you just look really familiar. Anyway, I'm Dahlia. Like smart. Very smart. He's smart. Maybe one day I'll get it out of him because he's like, you still don't believe me, do you? And I was like, no, I don't. I'm sorry. You don't accidentally message someone like, did you get my text? Lol. Like, no, no, no. So when you're in high school, you're 16. He's nine. Do you think he had a crush on you then? Well, he did tell me that he he told me, he said, I just want you to know that I had a crush on you my whole childhood. Oh, my God. He fantasized about the babysitter. I know, that's what I said to him. I I was like, like, I hope I live up to your fantasies and your expectations. Hell yes. Okay, so he sends you a message on Facebook. Sent me a message saying, did you get my text message? Isn't that crazy? LOL. Now, we don't even have each other's phone numbers, so I knew it wasn't for me. 
And I wrote that back and he said, oh, I'm so sorry, wrong Layla. And so I knew the message wasn't for me because he was trying to contact another Layla. And so he said, I said, How sorry, but that is, that is a pickup line. That's totally a pickup line. I, you don't do that. You don't accidentally message the wrong person being like, first of all, why would you message someone when you've texted them and they haven't responded? And also like, no, you can see people's pictures. Like he knows who you are. Agreed. No. And I thought it was kind of cute, actually. I was Very like, cute. No, I love it. It's very smart. It's very Yeah. Cute. And so then he said, uh, I said, how's your family? He said, how's your family? And we were asking, I was asking about his mom and dad. And I said, what have you been up to? And he said, oh, you know, it might be easier if we exchange numbers and we talked, you know. Oh, so smooth. I said, oh, of course. Of course. So we were kind of talking back and forth and he said, you know, I just want to admit I've always had a crush. I had a crush on you growing up. And he said, you know, my sister is also, my sister is very cute. And he said, you know, you've always been more my type than your sister, blah, blah, blah. Like just perfect thing to say. I love this. Yes. So it was, you know, my aunt always talks about because my mom is the oldest of seven and there's five girls and they're all very attractive. And when my aunt met her husband of like 40 years now, she was like nervous to introduce him to her sisters because all of her boyfriends had always when they met her sisters would be like, wow, your sisters are so pretty. And so it's like the first time we met them, like afterwards, she was nervous and she was a little upset. And she was like, did you like what do you think of my sisters? Did you think they were pretty? And he was like, they look like goats. (laughs) (laughs) and that was when she knew (laughs) yes I know so it was kind of nice that he like said that without me even saying anything because I always think that guys think my sister's you know prettier but so it was cute and then um and then we just started talking and he, I was like, he's like, oh, like I had a crush on you. I'm like, that's so cute. I was like, I had no idea. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm sure. He's like, I thought it was pretty obvious when I was little. And I said, well, no offense. I said, if you were obvious, he said, you know, I used to try to do all my basketball tricks and stuff. And I said, well, no offense, but I said, when you were 10, I was like 17. So I was like, your basketball tricks weren't really, I didn't think you were flirting. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) oh my God. Can you imagine 10 year old him just getting so nervous when you come over and he's like, I got to I got to play horse so good. Like, I just got to nail this game of horse. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So (sighs) And I thought it was like so sweet. And um, so this was all over message or this was like once you had exchanged numbers, you started talking. This is once we had exchanged numbers. So we were texting. And he's 28 and you're 35. Yeah. But he's, I have to say he looks older and he also acts older. And we talked about that. He's an only child. And he said, you know, from being around like adults, a lot of his childhood mm-hmm. and stuff, he is just a little more mature. And yeah. So then he said, you know, I do have to ask. He goes, would the age like be a deal breaker? He's like, would you, you know, like, would you consider going out with me? Like, would the age be a deal breaker? And I was like, absolutely not. Like the age doesn't bother me. Good answer. Yeah. So then he goes, well, he goes in one more thing. And I kind of knew it already because I know his father and I know his mother and I know his aunts and uncles and they're all pretty short statured people. Oh dear. But, uh, <laughs> so he said, uh, one more thing I just want to throw out there. He's like, I'm fairly certain I'm going to be shorter than you. He's like, is like, would that be a deal breaker? And I didn't reply for a long time because those who know me know that that is probably the only criteria I have ever had for 
um, men is their height. And I am, I'm almost five eight and I need someone who is at least an inch taller than me. And that's like at the very least. No, you need someone who has the personality of being taller than you. But I think, I'm sure you're going to tell me how you've realized this deal breaker is a silly deal breaker, especially when it's about a matter of inches. And I can't believe you waited to respond to him for a long time. Like he must have been so tortured and upset. He must have been just like, I knew it. I blew it. I should have at least gone on the date first. Like, Poor guy. If he stuck around after that, I mean, hello. I know. So I texted my friend who is another mutual friend of ours from junior high, who is a life coach. And I texted her. I was like, what do I say? Because it is a deal breaker for me. And like, I don't know what to say. Like, I want to be honest, but like, what do I say? And she said, okay, just say, because she loves puns. She said, just say, why don't we hang out and see how we measure up? And I was like, very cute. That is so, too cute. <laughs> so I said, I said that. And then he said, um, haha, great. Like, he's like, you know, whatever. And then we talked about our heights. And so uh, we went out. We went out on a date. And then we have been nonstop talking on the phone. Like, he actually calls me, which is like another thing, too. Like, he picks up the phone and calls me. Um, and like from, and I'm a, te- I'm a teacher on summer break. So, I mean, I have time and he's in sales. And so he's, you know, he can be on his phone and stuff too. So I have to say that the first date, um, we went to dinner and then we went to a movie. How did you feel when you first saw him? Well, he actually said it right away. He was like, oh, he's like, I'm so glad. I thought you'd be like towering over me, but we're kind of like the same height. Oh. Now I didn't have that same feeling. I definitely <laughs> felt he was shorter than me. Um, anytime we were standing or walking next to each other, I was extremely self-conscious, but when we were sitting, I honestly didn't even think about it. It didn't cross my mind at all. Like I was so present and engaged in our mm-hmm. conversations and I just really like everything about his personality and he's funny and it's so easy to talk to him. And so it's kind of like when, when we're not standing, it goes away. Like I don't even think about it. Well, how interesting. Also, most important things in a relationship don't happen standing. (laughs) My sister (laughs) said the same thing. She's like, the majority of your life you're sitting. She's like, think about it. Sitting or lying down. Yeah. Who cares? You will not notice. You will not notice at all. Well, I know, of course, my mind, because, you know, anxiety, my mind goes immediately to like our wedding and our first dance. And I'm going to be like taller than him, even if I wear flats. And, and, but if you were at the point of wanting to marry this person, those things would not matter to you, obviously. I hope. My feeling is that, like, if your mind can jump to our wedding and first dance because you like him so much as a person, and the only thing that bothers you is like your first dance, you might be taller than him, which no one will even notice. Also, I see so many couples of the guys being shorter than the girl. And it's always so hot. It's very hot. Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner are like. Oh. All short. So if he turns from Game of Thrones, like he's shorter than her. If you go to Italy, if you go to Europe, it's everywhere because the guys are just shorter and all the girls are taller and the guys just seem like they must really 
be hot and confident and have swagger. I do think too, and I'm sure you know this, but some of this goes back to your like always wanting this hot ideal guy to like somehow validate your attractiveness. Some part of you is like, if I'm with a shorter guy, that means I couldn't get a taller guy and people are going to think less of my attractiveness and I need them to make me look more attractive by association and people don't want a shorter guy, but plenty of people want a shorter guy. And I think it shows confidence on both parties to be a shorter guy with a taller girl. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. I care about what other people think instead of what I think. And the truth is, so far, there's nothing about his personality I don't like. I mean, sure, he has flaws, but like, of course, you know, he is too quick of a temper and like things like that. But like, he's awesome um, as a person. And I really do want to continue getting to know him. And he did say to me, because we're very honest with each other, and he did say, let's just try to enjoy this. He's like, let's not like project or like, for, you know, whatever. So, so how many dates have you been on? So we've been on three dates. Three dates. And you talk on the phone. All the time. And you're going on a fourth date on Friday. Yes. Have you had any, it sounds like no, but has there been any like, so what are you looking for? Like, where's this going? Yeah. You've had those. And what has we that been like? Extremely serious relationship, relationship oh. conversations. Oh. Yeah, no, he wants the same thing I do. He wants like three to four kids, which I do too. And I'm like, my clock is ticking. So let's get going. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously. But seriously. um, No, I mean, he, he wants to be a dad. He's like a godfather of his cousin's daughter. Like he's really sweet. He, yeah, he's just, he, we totally talk about the relationship thing and, you know, we haven't had the conversation of like, are we committed? But we have had conversations of like, that we're both not dating anyone else. Like we have said, like, he's like, I'm not going to see anyone else while we're seeing each other. And, and we did sleep together. Ooh, how was that? It was good. It was really good. Yeah. I mean, again, it wasn't like, mind-blowing sure and we've only done it once so it's not like you know I, think I mean there's nothing as mind-blowing as having sex with someone who you might never see again or who clearly doesn't want you or who you have this tumultuous relationship nothing will ever match that mind-blowing but then there's mind-blowing that you can work up to through like trust and mutual respect and all those boring things. Exactly. All those boring things are there too because he's very communicative. That's one of the things I like the most about him. And so we were able to talk about it afterwards and like what we liked and what we, Mm. you know, all of those things. So it was in like, you know, he asked me if there were certain things, you know, I wanted him to do differently. And so there was like a lot of like open communication about that. So I mean, I, it was good. It was a good first time. And he's a great kisser, sweet, sweet, like lips, soft hands. He's so great. Oh my God. Sweet lips, soft hands. (laughs) (laughs) He can be six inches shorter than you for all I care. (laughs) No, no way. Yes. Wait, can we back up a little to just, can you elaborate a little on the quick temper? Yeah. I actually have never seen him have a quick temper. Okay self-proclaims that he has a, quick, a quick temper. Okay. Um, he's Italian. And sure. um, I mean, not that that like means anything, but, and mm-hmm. I'm half Italian. He's, he's just like, uh, you know, gets like fired up about like, maybe traffic and like, you know, that's okay. As long as he's, I mean, it sounds like he pre- is preemptively communicative with you. So it doesn't sound like it would be the kind of thing that's like 
bottled up and then boils over. It sounds like he almost over communicates everything he's feeling. And that may be his way of almost balancing out the temper aspect. He may have learned that as a way to deal with his temper of like, if I talk about things right when they happen and constantly communicate, I'm not going to boil over, which is great. Right. And I think for him, the temper is more like, um, you know, things that like annoy him at work or like things that, you know, like it's like, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, I I still am getting to know him. So we'll see. But that's just like his self-proclaimed, you know, like a weakness. Mm -hmm. That's good. And it's good he can talk about it. So how are you feeling? How is this for you? This is a new experience. It is. So I have to say that at this point, Per his suggestion, I'm just taking it one day at a time. And what do you mean, per his suggestion? Did you tell him about your past or how it's hard for you to like people who like you? Yes, yes, Good. in the above. Mm-hmm. I've told him everything. Like I've told him, yeah, I've been more honest with him than I've ever been with anyone in my life. And it's very easy. And I've told him that too. Like he, it's like he wants to hear what I think. What? <laughs> I know. And Crazy. Not, like, scared when I say things like it doesn't freak him out it's not like he doesn't think I'm crazy he doesn't think less of me like he's yeah and he's very open with what he likes about me like my personality like he'll talk about different things he likes about me um I mean I guess these are just things that maybe other people have you know are used to and I'm just not and I'm just like wow like this is so nice you're like wow you can like someone and they can like you back and then you like treat each other well and then you like call when you say you're gonna call and then you like see each other wow how interesting right yeah I I guess the and the thing that could be just a self-protective measure is every time I start thinking about like even now I was talking about how much I like him immediately I'm like yeah but he's short like you know (laughs) and so I keep still going back to that. And that is something that I know is like a self-protective measure. You know, I'm used to being with unavailable people. He's so available. It's vulnerable. It's like me being way more open than I've ever been. And it's scary. Um, So I know it's like some self-preservation there. Totally. Well, and I think what I expected you to say was, because I've I've experienced this, of like whenever you start talking about him positively, you want to be like, oh God, but now what if he just doesn't call me? Or what if our fourth date doesn't happen? Or what if he disappears? And instead you said, then I think, but he's short. And it's like, it's the same thing. You know, it's the same, like it is, like you said, a protective instinct of, well, in case this doesn't work out, because I'm letting myself get excited about it, I have to already have in mind what I don't like about him and why he's wrong for me so that I won't be upset. That's right. And I've already been like, okay, well, if this doesn't work out, I wasn't even sure I wanted to be with him anyways, Mm -hmm. because he's so short. And I like don't want to be with someone who's shorter than me, you know? So. And I think that's okay to have that occasional thought because we're human and like we get scared, especially in the beginning of a relationship. Like I would say after like, you know, six months or so, you should feel a little less like that but even so like once in a while if I start getting nervous about my relationship I'll be like well it's okay if he breaks up with me I'll just like move to New York and sleep around it's fine like I just find a way to like cope with it and tell myself it'd be okay will I actually be okay probably not not for a while I'll you know have a breakdown but we can't really fathom just like being present with that so we have to come up with our 
out or our backup plan or our justification for why we didn't actually want to be there because we think that will somehow make it easier for us if it doesn't work out. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's crazy to know you're doing that stuff and then also then try to change your thought pattern at the same time, you know, Mm -hmm. like, okay, I know I'm doing this. And then also there's this little voice too that tells me, and again, we're not even like, like we haven't had the discussion if we're like, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I know we're not dating anyone else, but there's also this other thought that like, I'm settling, you know, like there's this thought of like, ah, uh, well, I couldn't get a guy who's taller. Oh my God. You could, you probably could, but would he be as funny or as smart or as communicative or as soft hands and sweet lips, you know, like soft lips and sweet hands, whatever it was. (laughs) Like there's, there's a saying by my personal favorite, Dan Savage, which is there's no settling down without settling for. And there's just never going to be a person that is every single thing you ever wanted without anything bad. And you've reached a point in your life where you do want to have a family. You do want to settle down. You do want to have something stable and committed and loving and safe and warm and comfortable. And that means you have to stop looking for your like fantasy basketball player. You have to settle for someone who's a couple inches shorter. They have everything else good about them. And if anything, I think it's hot. Yeah. And I mean, if, and I also do have to say that, like, to be honest with you and your listeners, like Mm -hmm. I have been swiping like crazy on Bumble the last couple of days, looking to see if there is someone taller out there who I can connect with before things get serious with this guy. You're just protecting yourself. I mean, you know, you're doing it, so that's fine. But I would hate for this to prevent you from like really connecting with him or letting him in because in a way you will sabotage it because he'll sense that something is amiss or that you're not giving him all of you. And you said you said you've been very open and honest with him and told him everything. Obviously, you don't need to tell him this because it's not that important and it would just hurt him. But if you're doing something that you feel guilty about or that isn't allowing you to be totally present, he will pick up on that. He's a smart guy. He has good instincts. He gets you. He sees you. He knows you. And if there's if you have one foot out, he's going to know. And and this is where like sometimes people are, you know, they blame the other person for like, well, they said they were 100% in and then they disappeared or they pulled away or whatever. And it's like they probably could sense somewhere that you were. And that you weren't 100% and that you felt like you were settling or like you could do better, like you should do better because of what you want the outside world to see. So I wouldn't say, I mean, like you guys are not exclusive, exclusive. You're not boyfriend, girlfriend. So I'm not going to be like, don't you dare go on the apps. But I would say if there was something bigger that was wrong and that you weren't sure about, that would be one thing. But if it's really just like, I need someone a couple inches taller, like... You want to let that keep you from like really being in this and enjoying like a healthy relationship for the first time in your life. Yeah, I know. It sounds crazy, doesn't it? But it's like, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I, yeah, that is the only thing I really don't like about him. And it's like, it feels like a deal breaker to me, but I don't want to let it be. I'm trying to get past it. And I'm trying to say like, okay, the more I get to know him, eventually I'll stop caring about that, yeah. you know? And you really, I think you really have to, when you start thinking about that, really see it for what it is, which is a way of protecting yourself. Like I can say at the beginning of almost every relationship I've ever been in, excluding this one, um, 
at the beginning, when it started to get more serious and real, I would almost always go on a date with someone else or reach out to someone else or something to like kind of save me from going down this path of potentially getting hurt or having to commit to someone or having to say, I'm going to close off all my other options and like be with this one. That's a scary thing, especially in this world where we're always like, there's something else out there. What am I missing? What could be better? I look at my friend's lives on Instagram and they have a tall boyfriend. So I should have one. And I think we get that, you know, mentality. And you've talked about this from like the that swiping mentality of like, there's mm-hmm. always something better out there. Mm-hmm. I can tell you right now that if he was on one of my dating apps and he wasn't a family friend who reached out to me, there is no way in hell I would have swiped right on him. Um, because he is not my physical type and you don't know anything about people on an app other than their little blurb and it would have said his height and I would have swiped left immediately. So like, you don't know how many soulmates you could be passing up. True. 100% true. I say the same thing about my boyfriend. I would have swiped left because he's just not my physical type that I was used to. I wouldn't have been drawn to him, but that is not a valid way to meet people. And this just goes to show that. And that being said, it's also not a way to choose to choose people because like you will swipe right on a million guys who are over six feet who will offer nothing else to you. I mean, I think that's the lesson that I've learned for so long now that I'm trying to change. Um, it's, it's just this weird, it's this weird internal struggle of like, am I settling or do I really like him? And this is a flaw that doesn't really matter because there's like, everybody has something, right? Like there is something like, I'm not going to meet a perfect guy. So it's like, if this is the one thing that bugs me about him right now, and I'm sure I'll learn other things that bother me about him because sure. as he dates people, but the big things like the values, you know, his family values, his, um, work ethic, his, you know, sense of humor, like all of those big things are there. And the way he treats you and the way he cares about you and the way he sees you, for who you are. And trust me, like, I'm sure if not right now, there will be things about you that he's like, do I wish I had someone who didn't do this? Yeah, probably. But like, he likes, you know, 99% of you. And also like, there is some power. My friend just said this to me. She's like, I kind of like being with a guy who like wants you a little more than Yes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what I was going to say. My friend from college, her grandma told us like one time we went over to her grandma's house and she was like, the secret to a happy marriage is finding a man who likes you just a little bit more than you like him. And it will start out that way. You will grow to love them just as much. But like with you, especially because you tend to go for these guys that you have to prove yourself to and fight for and be the cool girl and they don't want you and you're always the backup girl, all that. This feels weird to you, but like this is allowing you to be so much yourself and so open and honest about your needs and what you want, what you like and what you don't like because you don't really care. Or you care, but you're like, don't care as much of like, I have to win this six foot three person. But you're more like, well, if I fuck it up, he's short. There's so much power in that. You're going to get like such a good relationship out of that because you're starting from a place of like, I have no reason to hold back. Well, that's 100% true because I feel more myself with him than I've ever with anyone. Now, there's probably some element and we've both talked about this, of the fact that we do know each other since we were children. Totally. Families. So there's some comfort there and there's some familiarity. Right? Well, and there's context. That's the problem with dating apps too, is that there's no context for this person. Whereas like your, you, your family knows each other. You saw him grow up. Like you have 
the world of him in your mind, you know? hundred percent because it's like, you're not just dating this stranger of like, are you vouched for? Are you going to murder me? Like, you know, like, or like, I don't know what kind of person you are, what kind of family you come from, what your values are. There's very, something very strong about coming from a shared background and having seen this person. And I mean, like, I'm not going to be mad if at some point you do like a weird babysitter, child, sexual act. <laughs> he did already ask me if, if I was into role play. <gasps> please, please be the babysitter. Please. I asked him what scenarios. He said, well, you're already a teacher, so that's like a good one. <laughs> My mind is blown. I know. How funny. But yeah, that'd be hilarious. But no, I feel like to the other point of like, yes, I feel comfortable with him. So that's probably why I can be myself more than I have with other people. But that's not necessarily true because some of the other relationships I've had with these unavailable men were actually people I knew too, like friends of friends or my Mm -hmm. sister's friend from high school or, you know, someone I went to junior high with. And so it's like, those people weren't strangers either. And yet I didn't feel comfortable being myself around them either. Because like you said, I wanted them to want me so badly that I wanted to be their perfect vision of who I thought they were looking for. Well, and the difference is too, like, yes, they were from your past too, but they all played roles in your past of uh, unattainable crush or a cool guy or your older sister's friend. Whereas this guy, it's the opposite, which again, allows you to just be comfortable with who you are because you're like, he worships me, which is great, which is the <laughs> position you should be in. And I mean, you're right. At some point, it's going to level out. It's going it well. to be like that power imbalance. But yeah, I do feel like I have a little bit of an upper hand in this situation. Which is moment. so great. It could change at any moment, but yeah. Well, but it'll get to the point where, like, this is where you hear people be like, I just fall more in love with him every day. Like, that almost always comes out of this kind of situation more than it comes out of, it was sparks the first day, like, and then it probably fizzled from there. Whereas with this situation, you're like, well, I wasn't sure. He was short. I didn't know if I was into it, but I just went with it. And as you see his consistency, his character, his love for you, when we get there, his sweet lips and soft hands, your admiration for him and attachment to him will just grow and grow and grow. And then you won't be able to remember who has more of a crush on who. And it's the most beautiful thing. Well, that feels so nice and makes me like smile and makes me feel so happy. Like, but yeah, it's like so weird because I do feel happy, but then I get scared again to Mm -hmm. like feel that happy and feel like that wishful and you know, because so many things haven't worked out, but this does feel different. I think it's very scary to finally be in something healthy that like, because also you've gotten so used to your own pattern and so comfortable in it in a way of like, it never actually allows you to let anyone in and no one ever actually sees who you are because it ends before that can happen or you blow up and you turn into the crazy girl. And this is like scary to be in something where someone's going to see you for who you are, love you for who you are and hold you accountable for what you do. Like that's all very scary. My friend from college said too, she's like, Layla, you know, even if this doesn't turn into, you know, anything, okay, Mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. She's like, this is such good experience for you that you can be with someone who treats you nicely and is kind to you because I'm telling you, I've been on dates with guys before who there was really nothing wrong with. I just didn't feel anything. And I'd be like, like, I just don't feel a connection. And so I wouldn't go on a second date. 
Or if I did go on a second date, then I'd be like, oh, I still don't feel anything. Like mm-hmm. they're a nice guy. Like there's nothing wrong with them. So it does kind of give me at least that experience of, okay, you can be with someone who's nice and you don't get those immediate butterfly, crazy, nervous, like I want to jump your bones feelings you know, in the first 10 seconds of meeting them. I mean, I would say almost unequivocally that that is a sign of a better relationship potential than the opposite. Like I always say that, but it's hard to know that until you've actually been in something healthy where you're like, and it's exactly like your other friend said of just having this experience is going to build new kind of like tracks in your mind of like, oh, I can be in a relationship that every day is nice. Every day is happy. Sure, we have arguments, but we're adults about them. Even if you don't end up with this person for whatever reason, now you know that it doesn't have to feel like a crazy roller coaster sparks the beginning. And I was going to ask, like, why have you been on so many first dates that didn't go anywhere? And I would say it sounds like it's mostly a lot because of you being like, I didn't feel anything next. Whereas like you don't necessarily you want to be looking for, is this a good person? Is this someone I feel comfortable with? Is this someone I trust? Is this someone who's consistent and does what they say they're going to do. And those passionate feelings and finding out how good they are in bed grows out of spending more time with them. That's right. I know. And I think, you know, it's just that kind of message we get. Well, I think a lot of women get that message when you're younger that this like, I just didn't know that this is what love is. Like, Mm -hmm. I just kind of thought that like love was love was that like passionate, crazy, like, and sure, can it be for some people? I'm sure it is for some people, but for my experiences, that crazy heightened attraction, super, you know, into each other kind of love has always been dysfunctional and has never allowed me to be my true self. And I just, I guess I didn't know for a long time that like, that is what love is supposed to be. And it kind of takes just practicing, you know, like being in relationships like that to realize that's what it is. And it might not be the first person you're in one with, but if all they do is teach you how you deserve to be treated and like that love can feel differently than a crazy roller coaster where you're fighting to be worthy of someone, then like that was worth it. And that was a great thing. I do think this is probably the right person for you if you can get over the two inch situation. I will say that I heard the other day, it's just funny how things come into your like consciousness when you're, you know, kind of focusing on them. But I was listening, I was folding my laundry the other day and there was some like uh, talk show on a local talk show in Chicago called like Windy City Live. And it was on in the background on my TV. And it said, um, uh, 91% of women said they won't date a man who's shorter. Than <gasps> and I was like, Oh my God. So I like, you know, was listening to it. And it's true. Like that is one of the things that women, it is in our culture. So it's not totally just me. I feel no, of course it's not you. Yeah. And you're a short woman. I, I love you, but you're a tiny, teeny little person. And <laughs> and I am an above average. Okay, but I went on dates with guys who were shorter than me when I was single. And I was obsessed with one of them. And it, he was so much smaller than me that at one point we were having sex and he was sitting on my lap. Are you serious? I am serious. And I was still into him because he had so much swagger. I didn't know that. And I was like, I don't care. This is hot. He must have been like 4'9". <laughs> 
<laughs> he was also like smaller physically than me. Like, you know, I'm kind of like a stocky Russian peasant person. And he's like, he was like very small. And at first I was like, is this weird? And then I was like, kind of hot. And like, if he doesn't care and he's confident enough. And I've seen him since. He dates only women who are taller than him. Yeah, I think it's more of a the woman issue than the man because I don't think men yeah they don't care they don't care at all but I think it shows a certain amount of self-assuredness and swagger that they don't care yeah it's something I'm gonna have to stop fixating on but right now I'm pretty fixated on it but doesn't that make you feel like hearing that statistic don't you want to not be part of the 91 percent don't you want to be above that don't you want to be better than that and also think of all those wonderful short men out there who are partnerless because women are stupid Right. Because think about how like more than half of the population is probably short men. Like yeah. men are not going to be over 5'8". Like, and so, you know. yeah. So they deserve love too. And there's probably a lot of really great ones that are sitting there like, what the hell do I need to do? And there's lots of tall women who are like, I just can't find a man. And also like having worked at a mastering company, a lot of our female clients were tall. We're like five, eight and above because they had limited themselves in this way to six foot and above. I have to be able to wear heels. And so they're beautiful, successful, wonderful women who purely because of the height thing are still single when they want to be settling down and getting into relationships. And I'm like, if you would just remove that barrier, you would have been in a relationship years ago. You know, it's because we're taught that men are supposed to be the protectors and they're supposed to make us feel smaller and meeker and the damsel and you're protecting me and and I'm you know I'm supposed to cuddle my head into your neck and like you know feel like this tiny person yeah but shorter guys have a lower center of gravity so they're actually more stable (laughs) um And they probably live longer or something like that. And they're stronger. And they have to be that much more secure and confident. And like, think of how, yes, men are supposed to be like the protector and the nurturer. But there's so many other ways to have them play that role, which you are finding out of like, if you take away the role of nurturer from yourself and don't allow yourself to be this like perfect person with your shit together and will be willing to lean on another person and tell them what you need and be vulnerable and be imperfect. There's so many other ways they can show their man and protectiveness and make you feel like a tiny little feminine sweet lady. (laughs) And you're probably sitting down slash lying down and you can cuddle up next to them and pretend they're so much taller than you. Right. I mean, and the craziest part is too that like, and my parents have been divorced since I was like five, but um, my dad is a half an inch shorter than my mom. And so she's like, you wouldn't have been born if I cared cared about those things. (laughs) You need to do this for the future of your genes. Right, right. You know? You need, this is for you to procreate. This is how it's going to happen. It's written in the stars. Well, anyways, I do feel pretty good because I'm, uh, the only thing I'm second guessing is the height, but I'm pretty much, yeah, I'm other than the height, I feel like pretty confident and calm and. Like when I hear that, I get it. I get all of its sociological implications, but I'm also like, that's like me saying the only thing that bothers me is his shoe size. Like it's just to me so, should be so insignificant, especially for someone who it's so important for you to have children and a family and a loved one. So the funny thing is my friend said that to me the other day and I don't even remember this, but there's like some some show where like maybe Gwyneth Paltrow was like a fat girl in a like trapped in a body. I don't know. There was right, like, yeah, there was some movie. Yeah. And George Costanza, like I don't know his real name, but he played <laughs> he played some guy who was like really picky and wouldn't go on dates. And he wouldn't go on a date with the supermodel. Like she was a supermodel because 
her um, middle toe was longer than her big toe. Like her middle toe is longer. Yes. And she told me that that's the same thing as this height thing. And I was like, no way. I'm it's like, not. not as picky. It's not because this has more of like this taps in more to your ingrained insecurities over the years and also I really do strongly believe that you're using it as a protective last straw of like if I let go of this last straw I'm fully in this and as long as I have one hand out holding on to this straw I'll be safe if it doesn't go well like everything else Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, probably so you have to decide to let it go I'm not gonna say get off the apps but I am gonna say get off the apps You know, I mean, I just think I don't think you're doing yourself a favor. I think it's going to give you kind of like a weird guilty vibe. And it's going to be what you're saying about that. And I didn't even think about that, that he would sense at some point that I had like one foot out the door. Yeah, I kind of do because I'm like, okay, what if I find someone, (laughs) someone taller before (laughs) things get serious with us? You know, how about how about this? Just be like, Okay, let's say you meet someone taller on an app. Are you going to like go on a date and feel good about then going on another date with this guy knowing you went on and you're going to have to go on a bunch more dates to meet someone who's not only taller, but right for you in so many ways. So are you going to be actively dating like multiple other people while you've told this guy that you're not seeing anyone else? Is that your plan? Right. I don't want to do that. No, I don't think you do. So I think you should just be like, I'm not wasting time. This is very valuable time that I'm spending right now because I'm learning so much about what I deserve and what a healthy relationship feels like if it doesn't work out or I decide I just simply cannot handle the height thing then I will end it and then I will with my new knowledge and information go out and date other people and keep my height requirement but I think for you to have one foot out the door is just preventing you from like really being in this and connecting with this person I think you're going to feel guilty I think you're going to feel weird and I think it's not going to allow you to get to where you can get with him this is why I wanted to talk to you because you are so good that is (laughs) So true. I thought I had it out. See, I thought I had all of it figured out when I first started talking to you with all the knowledge I have. (laughs) But no, this is exactly why I wanted to talk to you because you're right. I did not think about it that way, but it makes total sense. And you'll feel so bad if, if, if this does end for other reasons, like if you weren't fully in it, I would never be like, put all your eggs in one basket. But like you guys have been on three dates. You talk on the phone all the time. You have this history. It's a little more than your average. We've been on three dates. You've talked that you're not seeing other people. You've slept together. And I think you, for you to really give this the attention it deserves and believe in it, you need to do yourself the favor of cutting off those other possibilities for now. If you meet someone in real life who's like six five and just sweeps you off your feet at the grocery store uh, because they've been falling into my lap this whole time exactly then you have my permission to go on a date but like dating it takes a lot of proactiveness that you're not really going to be able to do if you're seeing someone anyway so it's literally just to distract yourself I think what you said um before though is exactly why I've been dating other people or not dating sorry swiping mm-hmm um, because I feel like I'm wasting my time and mm. that, that I'm wasting my time because I'm like, Oh, like I, I do have this biological act that's ticking. And like, what if I spend time with the shorty for like too long? And then I like missed out on all these other opportunities, you know, but definitely, definitely not. not. It's not really wasting time. It's more like, actually beneficial to be with someone who's kind to me. It's either going to end up as your person, as your relationship that you're going to have a family with, or it's going to properly prepare you for the right person. But either way, if you have one foot out the door, it can't do either of those things. Right. And if we get married, you'll have to burn this. (laughs) 
I'm going to play it at your wedding. Because I think he can handle it. Because he's a short guy with swagger. And he's not threatened by a little bumble swiping. But also think about, you know, if you knew he was doing that right now. Like, that would not be great. And that would probably make you pull back a little bit. And feel weird and not trust him. So, like, that's the other thing is, like, generally, if we have trouble trusting, it's often because we don't trust ourselves or we know what we would do or whatever. So I would also hate for you to start projecting it to him. Well, I'm looking at the app, so he probably is too, which is going to give you another way to pull away from him. Right. So you want to know that you're being as trustworthy as you say you are, because that will allow you to believe that he is. I hear you, girl. I do. And I have a new way of looking at it now. And I really appreciate that. I think you should delete it. I will. I think I'm going to. I think you should because I don't fully trust you to not go on if it's on your phone. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah. I have have some impulse control. Yeah, it's just a little, it's too dangerous, too tempting. You know, it's just fun to look at pictures of fantasy people. But this is a real person who has real feelings for you and is treating you real well. And I think you should give it the attention it deserves. And if it doesn't turn into your lifelong partner, it still will have been totally worth it and will bring you to the person who will be. Aw, thanks. I honestly feel so much better. It really was, this was awesome. I'm so happy for you. I feel so much like less stressed about it. I just do. And I don't. Talk to me every day. I'll talk to you every day. I I truly don't believe in the concept of wasting time. I think the only way to waste time is to not be fully present in whatever you're in, whether that's dating and going on dates, being like, I don't want to waste my time with this guy or seeing someone that you're like, there's something about him that might not be right. It's not a waste of time as long as you're fully in it and getting everything you can get out of it without having one foot out the door. Your eggs will be fine. You have at least five years. You're going to be fine. I know. That's You're going to be fine. And you can't, you're not going to like you know, have kids with someone just to have kids. So it's got to be the right person. So you have to take the time to really figure that out. Hey, well, you always have the best advice. And this is why you are not your therapist. You are my friend. I am so glad you spoke with me today. Thank you so much for being so honest. And I am rooting for you and I am rooting for him. Thank you. Maybe just get him like a pair of tall shoes and then you won't even notice anymore. Oh, my God. I seriously had that thought. I'm not kidding. I was like, don't they make shoes that are kind of like like high heels for me yes. but not high heels? Yes. <laughs> yes. I think he would be so insulted if, I probably ever, would. if I ever mentioned that. He's pretty confident in himself. I think you should just respect that and honor that and get the heck over it. I know. Because I'm very happy to see you happy and you do look happy and that's the important thing. Thank you. I do. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling really good. I'm in a good place. Yeah. So just keep enjoying it. Believe it or not, even though I went down a stalking rabbit hole, uh, <laughs> social media. That was your last, your last hurrah of desperation, bad, toxic behavior, at least for now. And you had to do it to be like, we're not doing this anymore. We're very happy to be where we are. I did. You know how you cling, you do cling to bad mm-hmm. habits. You cling mm-hmm. to, you're like, I know this and I know this feeling. And so, like, I'm just going to cling to it. Yeah. I'm just going to keep poking my finger in there where it doesn't belong. And I, I am a Pisces. And once I read a horoscope that said I have a tendency towards melancholy. So there's oh. that, too. <laughs> Interesting. You're like, this pain feels real good. Just a nice warm bathtub of unhappiness. That's 
Right. Yeah. It's way more comfortable than allowing yourself to really enjoy something and be happy because that could be taken away from you. Whereas melancholy will always be there for you. You know, it's so funny. I know, like we said earlier, we don't always talk all the time, but I swear it's like we're just sitting in your bedroom when we're like 16 talking again. Like the same. I know that's basically what I've turned my whole life into it's like who wants to sit on my bed and talk to me <laughs> I mean you were made for it's like how do we not know that that is what you were made for <laughs> it's yes. true it's true yeah. what was I wasting my time with just me a big bowl of cookie dough my bed yum yum yes, yes. well go have fun tonight have a fun date on Friday you and we'll talk soon we'll talk soon i want updates i want to hear about this okay i love you i love you okay bye. bye just the tip a dating tip there were so many good lessons in that episode with layla i'll pick out just a couple of them one would be i really like her guy's tactic for pretending like he messaged her accidentally i think you know you might not be able to use it all the time you could certainly use it some of the time i went to a networking event last night and i was all by myself and sometimes that can be very awkward to try and break into a conversation so i saw a woman and i went up to her and said have we met before? Knowing fully well that we had not. Uh, And she was like, oh, do you live downtown? And I was like, no, you just look really familiar. And then I introduced myself, we started talking, and then we were best friends. So there is something to be said for playing dumb. If there's someone you want to talk to, someone you're interested in, the accidental message, the have we met before, you look familiar, the are you friends with Becky? There's no Becky. I'm not opposed to this slightly devious way of picking someone up and getting a date. So I support that. The other thing I'll say is, um, the other thing I'll say is Layla was talking about how she would never have swiped right on the guy she is seeing. She had her parameters. In fact, she probably never would have seen him because my guess is that she has her height requirements on. So I would say take a good hard look at your dating profiles and see which of your parameters maybe you can experiment with for a week. If you've been, you know, a certain height requirement, a certain age requirement, play with it subtract five years or go up five years or make them shorter or taller, whatever it is. Challenge yourself with some of your more superficial deal breakers, I will say, uh, to go outside of them and just see what happens in a week if you allowed a bunch of people to pass through that you normally don't. I usually do say swipe as if you've had three tequila shots, which should take care of that on its own. But a more concrete way to do it would be to play with your, um, what are those things called? Filters a little bit. So I recommend going outside of your type as always, going outside of your filters, expanding your range. Maybe you're willing to date someone who lives a little farther away than you thought you were. And uh, if you see someone you'd like in real life, pretend to know them and that's how you will get to know them. So I hope those two tips are helpful. I'm sure there were so many more. And thank you, everyone. Thank you to Layla for coming on the show anonymously and sharing her heart with us. I'm very excited for her future relationship, either with this person or the next really nice short guy that she dates. Thank you to Christine Bartolucci, Melissa Gruen, our social media producer, Josiah Thorngate, our editing sound guy, amazing producer. All of you, don't forget to email us, DM us, Not Your Therapist Podcast on Instagram, Not Your Therapist Podcast at gmail.com. If you need help, if you need coaching, if you have questions, if you have comments, if you're interested in someone you heard on the show, don't forget to rate and review and share this podcast. And thank you for listening and for making dating fun.